All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 226 of the KISS FAQ podcast. This one is completely unexpected, was not planning on recording a show until after the Vancouver concert on Friday so that I could give everyone an update of just what KISS looks like in 2019. But it's been an endless stream of KISS news this week, and I almost feel that we have to address some of these topics just because they're the things everyone's talking about on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on the FAQ message board and elsewhere. It's uh, just one of those things. So we're joined, or I'm joined today, by uh, one of our old friends on the podcast. You haven't been on for a long time, Michael, so just uh, tell everyone what you've been up to, you know, what you've been doing in your music life. Yeah, sure. It's, it has been a while. Um, so I, there's been a lot going on. I mean, I've, uh, you know, obviously I've had about 10 cover stories with the Aquarium Weekly, uh, with a few members of KISS, um, Paul, Gene, Ace, and others. Uh, I've also uh, basically was a lucky winner for an all-expenses-paid trip to Vegas to see Barry Manilow, and I got a chance to meet him while I was there, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, I've bought a house since uh, it was last on here, and I just started teaching at Temple University as a professor uh, night class once a week. So, yeah, there's been a lot going on, but I've uh, made sure to continue to follow KISS along the way. And, of course, I've got my ticket to see them in March, a day after my birthday, uh, when they're here in Philadelphia. So looking forward to the end of the road. Well, congratulations on all of that, and your interviews with the band are extremely good. You ask some good questions in there. You get some good probing ones as well as obviously the ones that need to be asked for whatever they're promoting at the time. So well done with all of those. And it was fun watching your challenges of getting to the Barry Manilow show because the first one was canceled, wasn't it? Uh, needed to be postponed. Yeah, yeah. What happened is we actually went to Vegas. I was in the pool like the day of the show and I was on Facebook and I saw someone say, oh, poor Barry. And I start my like stomach just sank and I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened and I went to his page and it said that he got ill and that he had to be taken to the hospital and it got canceled as of course it felt horrible for him but then part of me thought wait a minute what are they going to do with you know all the people that are here and obviously you know we just all had to go home once the trip is over and about a couple weeks later they said we're going to pay for you to come out again but this time you pick when you come you can fly from wherever you want and you don't need to come with everyone. So it actually made it even more convenient the second time around, which made it abundantly clear to me just how generous of a person he is, uh, his husband is. I mean, because they didn't have to do that. They could have just said, oh, well, it didn't work out. But um, they were determined to make it right, and they did. How wonderful. And what a show. What an artist. Fantastic uh, thing to yeah. get to be a part of and to to go and see. I mean, any of the things that go outside of the kind of genres that we're talking about, obviously, we're on the FAQ, we're, we're firmly rooted in the rock, but there's a whole world of fantastic music out there. And there are some mm -hmm. tremendous artists with as long a, a history and a greatest legacy as uh, the band that we're going to be discussing today. So I'm, I'm glad that all worked out for you in the end. Um, yeah. Let's get let's get into these topics today because there's three to cover and uh, 
Uh, there's just no easy way to start with it. Opening act for the Kiss End of the Road tour has been announced, at least for the first group of shows, and it is the performance artist David Garibaldi, and uh, hopefully I've said his name correctly. Um, but he does basically painting on stage live. Um, I, I don't really know how to describe his art other than it's very similar to kind of Paul's style. In, in kind of big, blocky strokes. It's not fine, detailed what he's doing because in order to watch performance art, you have to be able to see it. So he's not going to be there with a fine point brush doing highly detailed stuff. He's slamming paint onto a large canvas on stage using what looked like four or five inch brushes straight out of paint tins, um, dancing rhythmically almost to a music back, backing track. Um, what was your initial impression when you heard that? I mean, it had been rumored. Uh, there had been quite a few hints dropped that something was coming and it wasn't going to be Cheap Trick. Yeah, I think all the fans, uh, well, first off, going into the tour, I was under the impression that no one was going to open for Kiss or that I guess I, I, what I was told was that this tour would not be a co-headlining tour, which it's not. Obviously, it's just them. And I wasn't sure if they were going to have anyone open because a lot of artists um, who have, like, the type of history that they do. Sometimes they just don't even bother with an opening act. Uh, I guess, like you're saying, it's not surprising considering Paul's interests that they would have like a painter. But I think, boy, this person really needs to um, uh, do an amazing job or have some great like rock music or something to accompany the painting. Because otherwise, I just don't know what kind of reaction this guy's going to get. I mean, I think either people won't show up, uh, you know, until Kiss is on the stage. Or he could potentially get booed. I mean, I hope that people are nice enough to just, like, you know, uh, sit through it and, you know, hopefully just give him some applause. But, I mean, it's so radically different. Uh, like, I've heard of comedians opening for, an, you know, a rock band or something like that. But a painter, uh, he better be spectacular. Uh, otherwise, I feel a little nervous for him. Yeah, I think one of the, the positive points, and I, I'm I'm really confused. I'm conflicted. I don't know enough about him. I've gone out and watched some of the videos, and there's a, a good one on YouTube. People can check out him doing a Statue of Liberty. He's, he's done um, some other work. Um, so you can get a feel for how he kind of goes. It, it, it seems awkward to me. I'm not interested in it. When I go to a rock concert, I just want to be stuck in that one genre of things. I don't want to be doing kind of cross um cross art form thing so I, I don't want to go watch someone do a sculpture i don't want to go watch someone paint a picture however what they have said or david has said is that the painting that he does in each one of these cities will be raffled off for charity mm. which it, it's kind of hard then to go and criticize him and say well i'm not interested in that i don't like it i don't want it because philanthropy is an important part of uh, the modern world so maybe that's a great way to kind of spin it and then say well you can't criticize me because we're doing this for charity um you could have no opening act which i think a lot of people would actually be fine with if, right. you know i i'd been hoping for something like la guns but again we haven't seen the new stage either they may be some um issues with the stage layout that precludes being able to put an opening act on properly and then have changeover. So it may have been a, just an easy way to have something fill that space before the band comes on, after the doors open for the people who don't want to be in the beer lines, and also do something that's closer to Paul's outlook. And come on, 
I don't see Jean sitting there going, you know what we need on this tour? We need a painter on stage. No, <laughs> that's, that is not going to be Jean's idea. So I'm firmly thinking that this idea came from Paul and he probably knew him. And it, it seems to make sense. I mean, in, in terms of filling space, how, how do you feel versus, say, an L.A. Guns or some other band? Does it make sense? Well, uh, one thing I think would be cool is um, I think it'd be smart if he made sure that all the paintings for each show were somewhat kiss related, whether it was a uh, painting, uh, some abstract painting of a makeup design or one of the members or the logo. I think something like that people would actually be into. Or it could even be a guitar, drum kit. I mean, anything related to what they're about to see, I think would be smart. And especially if they're trying to auction off these pieces, uh, a fan might be like, wow, that's awesome. I got it you know, bid on that. But, um, I mean, personally, what would have been awesome is I would have loved to have seen a tour, uh, where they had two openers and it was, uh, Night Ranger and Alice Cooper. Cause I think both, both of them are great. I've always wanted to see Alice with Kiss and Night Ranger is spectacular. So I think if they had that package, uh, that would be fantastic. I'd much rather see that than this painter, but, um, you know, there is the opportunity, like I said, to tie it into the whole KISS theme or the end of the road theme to make it work uh, if he's willing to do that. I don't know, um, you know, some artists, if they've reached a certain stature, they might say, oh, I'm above that. But I mean, if you're part of something this special, I would hope that he's open to some cool and creative ideas. Yeah, I think without a doubt it's going to be a KISS theme for his paintings. It's got to be. I think the first one's going to be a star. Um, but... It's also a great opportunity in terms of the music that he uses as the soundtrack to his work. He plays songs while he, he works. I don't know how long he, it actually takes for him to do a painting or what his plan is with this. It looked like about five to ten minutes for the Statue of Liberty. It seems to be pretty quick. Um, but maybe if he's doing a more involved one or maybe even, a, say, a four-canvas piece uh, horizontally that's going to be split up into sections and, and sold separately that you know he's got the opportunity to fill maybe 45 minutes i mean i just don't know and i guess we don't know at this point but the point being it's a great opportunity to play a kiss soundtrack to that um that artist artistic expression so get the elder out there uh, you know get a, <laughs> yeah, there it, you it, it might be the one opportunity for the elder to get played at a kiss play concert some of that, play some unmasked right you get Abs a carnival of souls you know pick through the whole catalog i mean i, I get the feeling it's going to be a lot of paul songs but hopefully not hopefully it'll be you know just pick an album and maybe that is the theme for each painting okay i'm playing carnival of souls what does that do to an artist's headspace when he's painting in terms of it's uh, approaching a theme or maybe they could even do a contest for the theme on the rate on local radio and say, pick the theme for the art that the paint the artist is going to do. Pick the album that he's going to, you know, paint to. I mean, th there's opportunities, but uh, unfortunately, this starts tomorrow, so uh, they probably got it all figured out of how it's going to go. And I agree with what you said that I, I hope that people are respectful of the artist. I am not keen on this. However, I'm going in with an open mind. I need to see it before i judge it i can't judge it from a youtube video of him doing a completely different act um with statue of liberty or mickey mouse or or whatever he, you know, he's done a lot of different art so i want to give him the benefit of the doubt as much as my initial gut feeling is that i don't like it i don't want it it's not what i want 
and just understand that there are probably a whole lot of factors that as KISS fans we're not privy to. We don't need to know why the decision was made. And come on, it's certainly not being made to sell extra tickets because I don't see a bunch of David Garibaldi fans saying, well, let's go and see him open up for KISS. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Because, uh, yeah, like you said, I'm going in March, so so much will have been revealed by then. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, on a related note to the tour, I do think, or I hope, that they, uh, next year, hopefully revisit certain areas. Like, there's only one date in Philly, but I have a feeling eventually they'll do Atlantic City. Because um, why wouldn't they play at the Hard Rock there? That right. would make absolute sense. So I feel like this first year is kind of the, you know, the first round. Uh, and like you said, it'll be interesting to see, does David survive the entire tour or is it just part of the tour? And then when next year rolls around, who knows? I mean, they could either have a similar opening act or maybe they do decide to bring in some sort of a band. So it could evolve over time as the tour progresses, both uh, in the States and uh, internationally. Yeah, and I mean, if they want something different, I'm sure Gallagher's available to get his Sledgematic <laughs> out and smash some watermelons to War Machine. Um, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe they will just stick as um, as Kiss and no opening act. That actually, you know, I went to see Ace Frehley these, uh, this past weekend, and the show started at 7 o'clock. So we were basically done by 9 and, wow. and out. Okay, so those my lighting just went off. And we were kind of like joking that, okay, we're a bunch of old people now, and it was nice to actually be done with the show early. So I wouldn't be against them not doing any opening act and starting earlier. Because, come on, the KISS Army, you know, it takes some time to get our Zimmer frames in, and we do need to be up uh, early for work and whatnot. So uh, let's see ha what happens with that. Um, so you've got one show coming up. What do, you, what do you think about the whole tour rollout and how that's kind of been handled? Because it was very odd in around the time that the cruise was about to happen that we knew the tour announcement was coming and then they announced the tour and no tour dates. And then yeah. as we got to the cruise, then they announced the tour dates and they've done a couple of TV appearances. It really seems to have been a pretty poor rollout from my perspective. Yeah. It seems to me like they uh, announced the tour sooner than they originally intended. Everyone was saying oh, Halloween, they're going to be announcing it. And then they announced it sooner than that. Um, I don't know why. I think it's because it was kind of a poorly kept secret. So maybe they felt like, let's just get ahead of this and just get out there and talk about it. And then something that's really interesting related to that, too, is the whole Gene Vault meet and greet thing where he was supposed to be doing these at, you know, basically um, in certain cities on the tour. And it was just announced, I think, last week that now those aren't happening. The meet and greets for the vault, which... I don't know what the heck's going on with that. It started off like amazingly strong last uh, January, I believe it was. And now it's kind of petered out and apparently they're going to be selling them on FYE and all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's just really a bizarre situation. Um, so there's been so much related to this tour, whether it's Ace or The Vault or, you know, David or there's just been so many uh, interesting elements over the past few months that we've seen. Uh, it's just, it's really, I mean, I guess it's one of the most interesting times to be a KISS fan. Yeah, and with KISS, it's never a dull moment. I, I mean, the whole cancellation of the vaults during the tour just boggles the mind. It was a great opportunity. There must have been a reason. 
I know people have been pointing a finger at one member of the band saying it must be because of him, but there are a whole bunch of factors that don't surprise me uh, that, you know, could be unexpected circumstances. Uh, but it, it, it's a shame. As someone who did it, I would have loved more people to who wanted to, to be able to do it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, there you go. It's business. Let's get into this the second part of this uh, sure unplanned episode. Vinnie Vincent. Um, did you manage to interview him before he went off the radio uh, radar? Because I I missed the boat on doing an official interview with him, even though I've spent time on the phone uh, speaking with him. But did you get an interview? Well, it's funny you should ask. So what happened with him? With me, I I may have been the first person who felt the experience of that uh, of him like disappearing essentially. So what happened was it was the day I was supposed to interview him, and 15 minutes into the interview, I didn't he, he didn't call. And once in a while, something weird like that might happen. So I, I reached out to Randy, who used to be his assistant, and uh, he's like, "Oh, sorry, uh, Vinny, you know, just met with." Uh, you know, basically the person who's helping him write the book and he's been told not to do any more interviews. So sorry, but we're not going to be able to do this. Um, and I was, to me, I was pretty pissed because I'm like, well, you already committed to doing it. It's 15 minutes into when the interview is supposed to start and now you're canceling. Uh, it was really crappy. I, then I spoke with the person who's helping him with the book, who we all know. And, um, he basically said that Vinny's been doing all these interviews and giving away all these stories and it's, uh, the issue was that it was lowering the deals, the book deals that he was getting. So he basically needed to shut up and not do interviews. So then there was something left over for the book. And I was going to ask him some really like, good questions, including the one that was on everyone's mind. But uh, I was like, man, of course it would happen with my interview. And uh, unfortunately, it just didn't pan out, which is a real shame. And then I said to Randy, I said, so does this mean that at the Rock and Pod Expo, Vinny's not going to be appearing because he's supposed to do a Q and A uh, there. You know, I think it was Nashville, and he's like, "Oh no, no, he already committed to that. He'll be there." I said, "Okay, well, then guess what? Then he canceled that, and then you know, it just spiraled uh, down the drain essentially. And then yeah, with this recent concert thing, I mean, it got what postponed. The the format of the show." changed over time the people who were participating changed then it was canceled the thing i don't get is you have these delusional fans who can't blame vinnie for anything okay maybe the promoter didn't do a good job but you can't say that he's a saint and that he had nothing to do with any of this i mean number one he should be responsible for the people he's hiring and number two he's the boss he has the final say in certain decisions because he's the one that these people are working for. So he's absolutely responsible, at least partially, for all of these failures. Um, and it's just a shame because he had a great opportunity to come back, kind of right the wrongs, and just, you know, really reconnect with the fans. But it just keeps, seems to be getting progressively worse. And I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the fans. And it's just kind of a sad situation all around. Well, I'm very sorry that your interview didn't work out with him. Uh, one of the things with the original Kiss crew that I told them was exactly the same thing that Vinny was told. Shut up. <laughs> Stop going on all these podcasts and all these shows and basically giving away all of your stories um, before you have product. 
um, it's okay once the product's out to go out and tell all those same stories because most of them do focus in on a few core ones to talk about. So that makes sense. But I, I think that it raises an interesting specter over what did happen in Nashville over the whole thing. Unfortunately, I was embroiled in as uh, the owner of the FAQ message board, but it all seems to make a little bit more sense. As far as the Vinny concert goes, again, I was happier with the idea of him sitting up on stage with an acoustic guitar, strumming and singing a little bit like he had done in Atlanta, which was just perfectly fine. It was nothing too challenging. I'm sure he would have had to work out some of the stuff beforehand or maybe he was able to do it from memory and just sing a bit of tears and then tell the stories and it would have been easier the moment that they postponed. I wasn't too upset. I, I ended up not losing anything more than a $200 rebooking fee for my tickets and that's just how it is. Um, didn't lose my hotel in the end. So yeah, I was out of pocket. But when he started saying, no, we're going to make the, and it's not even him, because he doesn't do any of his own promo work. He hasn't been on a video. He hasn't done anything whatsoever to promote anything that he's doing properly. Well, ignore that. <laughs> that is the aura of Vinny disagreeing with the comment. Um, so I, I don't think he's done a very good job. And that's partially on the promoter, too. The promoter needs to line up and actually make things happen. However... Again, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate, knowing what Andy and Joe went through getting Vinny to Miami and how difficult he was, even with everything that was specified in their contracts, Vinny's a nightmare. And that's just on him. He is difficult. He is a challenge. And then you throw into the equation a promoter who's got a bad reputation and a history of poor performance when it comes to putting on events. And all of that is provable. I'm not insulting Derek by saying things that people have reported from their experiences in Los Angeles and in New York and in Atlanta. There is a track record that is documented. And I don't know the reasons for it. And I don't care, frankly, as a customer, we don't care what your problems are as a promoter. That's your problem. Fix it, sort it out, do it right. Getting back to Vinny, he overreached. Someone came to him with the idea of doing the full shred, and it was a mistake. It's an absolute mistake for someone who has not played an instrument properly in 30 years, and for someone who proved in Miami that he couldn't do anything than the most basic chords that anyone could learn in an afternoon and get up on stage and do the exact same thing Vinny did, apart from the nerves of getting in front of an audience. Anyone can pick up a guitar and do that. He didn't do Anything hasn't proved any ability to do any noodling, though Andy did say that when he came into soundtrack, he went up to the drummer and did a quick rip, but there's no evidence of that. So going to full shred over the stories was a mistake. They could so easily have done the original Graceland and, you know, had 90 minutes, filmed it as well, mm -hmm. and maybe even monetized it. And it wouldn't have been a challenge because Vinny can talk. He proves again and again and again, having had conversations with him, he's a talker. Get him going. It's very, I mean, he's very pleasant, very charming. I mean, he was very nice to me in person. And um, and it's a shame that, like, because he's switched assistants or whatever, that he, his website's not around anymore, you can't buy shirts anymore. Like, things that I noticed that, like, were alarming was, when he started to double the price of every product on the website uh, and things like that, I'm like, hmm, something's really strange here. I don't know who's giving him this advice, but I mean, 
uh, he could have that steady stream of revenue if he were just maintain the website, you know, sell, do what you can do. Don't, like you said, don't overreach, sell what you're able to sell and ship. Don't try to do more than you can handle and scale up over time if it makes sense. But just like, don't bite off more than you can chew. And I think, yeah, maybe he got excited by that whole people saying they wanted full shred and he like got all wrapped up in the emotion of that, uh, even though he wasn't necessarily ready for it. I mean, you, know, you got to walk before you run. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't. So, I mean, I hope he doesn't disappear again. I really would like him to stick around and, you know, hopefully get back to making music. He actually has a really good voice. I don't know what it's like now, but, uh, you know, years ago, uh, he had some amazing vocals and demos and things like that, that uh, it's a shame that he never really got to use it more. So, I mean, hopefully he'll get to a happy place and, uh, you know, the fans will benefit from that. Yeah, one of the problems with the cancellation is, of course, that uh, the promoters putting it on Vinny canceled, and then Robert Fleischman injected himself into it. Um, Robert is a really classy guy. I love Robert. I, I can't, I'm not saying anything negative about him because I have a great deal of respect for him as an artist, as a musician, and just as a human being who, the way he, I've said it before, the way he carries himself, he is just I mean, you you would think he was Steve Perry. I mean, someone on that stature when his career has not, you know, mirrored Steve Perry's in any sense of the word. Uh, but he yeah. really holds himself in a classic kind of I am a rock star um, aura, which is is really cool. But he was suggesting that the promoter hadn't given enough uh, pra uh, rehearsal time uh, to the band, which then Tony Franklin was commenting on his Facebook. I mean, this is all like he said, she said, uh, hearsay, which is completely right. inadmissible. Um, but Tony Frank is saying, no, we were scheduled for four days of in-person rehearsals. So four days would have been plenty for professional musicians. And let's just say also that Carmine and Tony are professionals. And I really can't put Vinny in that same group for someone who, again, has not practiced his craft professionally for 30 years. Um, you know, he's not on that sort of caliber because he hasn't done it. So while for Tony and the, the backing group, it would have been plenty of time for them to knock stuff out, having tapes to, you know, woodshed beforehand. Um, why it was canceled is, I think, more likely that Vinny knows he can't do it. And mm -hmm. I want Vinny to prove me wrong. Vinny, that's not an insult. I'm not criticizing you. I'm, I'm not trying to offend you. I think you probably weren't ready and you need a lot more time. I hope like Jakey e. Lee, who when he came back was a, a little bit crusty and got back into the swing of things pretty rapidly when he started doing it on a regular basis. Um, and he hadn't been a, a, away as long. It, it can be done if the desire is there. And maybe the desire and has to be on two sides of the fans. Because once you've been burned a couple of times and there are people who rescheduled for Nashville after Memphis was postponed who have now mm -hmm. been burned and they probably are going to be out of pocket for at least something. I wasn't able to reschedule for Nashville because of KISS shows and sorry Vinny, KISS comes first on the end of the road. So there's also the small matter of the vocalist fiasco. Jim Crane, who very few people have ever heard of, was apparently recruited and he was thrilled. I feel sorry. Worse for him out of all this because he seems like a genuinely nice guy and he sounds like he's got a voice out of that mid to late 80s hair metal school of singing that would have been perfect married with any stuff and then he didn't know what was going on. he's like well i have a contract well 
I, I'm not going to go there with the contract things because they're not worth the paper they're written on. Um, <laughs> it, if the will isn't behind them, if I mean, a, a contract is great if you've got the money to enforce it and you've got the desire to stick to the terms and it seems that they're always pushed. So it, it, it's a very sad situation. I hope this isn't the end of Vinny. Um, but again, burning bridges. People as customers don't care that there's a promoter in between them and Vinny. They only know that their Vinny experience has been canceled and Vinny gets the blame. Vinny looks bad. It, now, is he responsible for it and does he deserve all the blame? I'm sure he owns some of it, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe the Days of the Dead, which he showed up at this past weekend, you know, maybe that just needs to be more of a thing. But I hope he goes back to the drawing board and gets some proper professional help with him, not fanboys, um, to help him plan things out and get back and schedule a, you know, do the acoustic thing. Start small. Just start with the basics, do some storytelling, and forget the shredding. You may have to stand up and say, that's the past. I simply can't do that anymore. My fingers are 67 years old. They can't do it. But I can tell you stories and play little bits. Would that be good enough for you? Yeah, absolutely. And it reminds me, because you mentioned Steve Perry. So like he just came back from a really long hiatus. His, I think his new album's great even though it's mostly mellow stuff. Uh, that's kind of what I expected from him at this age. And he hasn't toured yet. Uh, he might, but he, unlike Vinny, he knows, um, he won't announce it until he knows he can do it. And I hope that he does do it. But uh, he's a perfect example of how to come back and do it properly. I mean, obviously, Steve Perry's huge. You know, Vinny Vincent's more obscure. Only a Kiss fan would know who he is, pretty much. But... Um, when you compare the two, you can see how um, you know how to do it, how not to do it. And uh, I think an acoustic show, if Vinny decided to do it, would be pretty cool. I mean, Kiss fans love acoustic shows. Kiss does it on the Kiss Cruise. They used to do it with their meet and greets. It's something that we can appreciate as fans. Um, and the storyteller aspect is terrific because as hardcore fans, we love that minutia. And that's a great opportunity to learn about the stories behind the songs. So while, while you were just talking there, I, I'm trying to find this next segment because this is the doozy of all KISS doozies as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And it is, of course, Ace Frehley last night. Um, it, that, that was not Ace typing. That's most definitely not in uh, Todd Howard actually posted. Ace can't communicate like that. Um, Ace came out swinging against Gene again. Gene and Paul do a feature in a rock magazine, and it was Guitar World magazine, which is just what I was trying to confirm there uh, on my other computer, and basically came up with the same old lines about drug users and losers are uh, never going to be in the band again, but they're welcome to come up and join us on stage, and Vinny isn't. Um, that, that, in a nutshell, was the article. Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah, me your, first, give me your take on on Gene and Paul in that uh, in that magazine article. It, do we need to keep hearing about what Ace was like thirty years ago, and keep banging on about that? It, it just seems to be very tiresome from my perspective. Yeah, well, a couple things. One, I was actually right before the tour was announced. I interviewed Gene 
uh, and it was not a good interview. Basically, his publicist squeezed the interview into the day that he was supposed to be spending with his mother. And uh, this, is, I think, was in September. And, uh, you know, I didn't know at the time, obviously, that his mother probably wasn't in good health. I mean, who knows what her situation was, but he was grumpy as hell and incredibly rude and mean. Um, so Gene can be, you know, an asshole uh, <laughs> if, if he's not in the best mood. So, I mean, it's, I guess I'm not shocked that um, he would say something you know, kind of mean. I think for the, both him and Paul should not have said uh, what they said. It doesn't really serve any purpose here. I mean, they should have just, I mean, they know how to say the right thing when they want to talking about how important the history of the band is. And we wouldn't be here today without those who came before, uh, you know, Tommy and Eric and, you know, it's the four of us that created this, but, you know, we're carrying it on. Like there's a way to be diplomatic and political about it where you don't have to uh, be mean to the other person. And I do think that, you know, Ace or Rachel made a good point in saying that, you know, they have helped to support uh, Gene's vault experiences. And obviously, you know, Paul performed on Ace's solo album. Uh, he worked with Gene on the most recent one. He took part in the Kiss Cruise. It seemed like they were all getting along pretty much. So considering all that, it's even more reason not for Gene and Paul to bring up this stuff in the past. I mean, clearly Ace is in a much better place. He looks terrific. He probably needs to rehearse more when he performs live, but it's okay. He's doing. He's more productive, I think, than he's been in a long time. And uh, it's a shame that they couldn't have been more uh, positive and polite about it because they may have thought, oh, what's the big deal? He just said these couple words. But to him, it meant a lot because I think he really does care about their relationship. And he, you know, he felt insulted. Uh, but, yeah, like you were saying, more than likely, he probably was just talking and Rachel was typing and she's the one who posted it. I don't know if she gave him uh, if she said, hey, here's what I'm posting or not. But either way, the damage has been done. And it's, from what I gather, uh, Kiss is going to be responding to his statement. I don't know that they have yet, but someone said that Keith was, uh, said, you know, they're aware of it and they're going to be responding. So what they'll say, I have no idea. I, I guess at this point, it's too late to hope that anyone takes the high road. Keith, you know, if you get to hear this before you uh, post anything, I would really like to just say, I think they need to apologize to Ace and Peter. I think they need to apologize for the years and years of banging on about firing those guys. Ace was not fired, as Ace rightfully said. And as Paul has said, there's documentary evidence to the contrary that about him being fired. That's bullshit. That's just revisionist history of the worst sort. But also going on about addiction. They were all addicted to something, whether it was Gene and Cake, whether it was Paul and the things that Paul talks about in his book. So I'm, I'm not going to specify any of that stuff. Read his book. Read all their books. And you'll see what you know fragile humans they are, like the rest of us, just magnified by a bunch of people who yes-men them and support their egos. So apologize to Ace. He's been sober for 12 years. And when you go back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction speech, I've always remember and smile at Ace talking about addiction and diarrhea. And 
<laughs> again, go on YouTube and watch that. They need to apologize for bashing Ace and Peter all these years instead of just simply saying, yeah, it ended badly with each of them, um, but we're glad that they've moved on and, and are healthy and alive. Come on, Peter's in a great place. Retired, mm -hmm. essentially, I guess. He, he doesn't seem to want to get involved in any of this. Ace, 12 years sober. That is something that you celebrate. Someone's sobriety, anyone who has struggled with addiction, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's of other sorts, uh, gene, like sex, um, it's a challenge. It's a day-to-day -day battle. You are never cured. There is no, I'm a cured alcoholic. No, you're fighting that battle every day for the rest of your life. And there may be days that you slip. So Ace is clean. Ace has been very, very productive in the years since he left the band. Now, people can debate the quality of that production, and that's perfectly fine. But he's been banging out albums. He's been touring. His shows have improved, especially with the Gene Simmons band members now backing him. Yeah, they're, they're great. Very, they are very tied to their fantastic band to watch, and I hope this doesn't have an impact on their ability to continue working with Ace, and I feel bad for them if they've been basically thrown into a difficult situation. But it all comes back to how many more times can Ace tolerate being sniped at when he is clean? And why has he been working to be clean? Well, now is it as kind of insinuated in that very unfortunate last line of the post about reclaiming, reclaiming his throne in Kiss? And I, I want an apology and to be on the tour. Well, there we are. In a nutshell, is that what it was all about? Is that why Paul was invited to be on Origins? Is that why he was so willing to work with Gene on the vaults and to do what Gene said with fire his band and go to Australia? Was it all that Ace was just looking for a payday and has just realized two days before the tour starts that that payday ain't happening? So now he lashes out at the band, regardless of the Guitar World article? That, that's kind of my concern about where some of this is coming from. Is it all down to strictly about a payday? That Ace, in essence, is butthurt. Yeah, well, when I talked to Ace, uh, when I interviewed him earlier, I guess it was in the fall, you know, he, he definitely cares about money. Money is definitely something he focuses on, which he should. Obviously, it's business. But uh, I do think, um, yeah, it's, I, I'm sure part of him always wanted to eventually perform with the guys again. I think for the right reasons, not necessarily for money. I think money's part of it, but I think part of it is he actually does care about the guys, and I do, do think he sees them as family in a way. And I think, you know, with them having this being the end of the road, he would like to be a part of it in some small way. I think he might be a little delusional to think that Tommy's just going to step aside and he'll, like, come back with makeup. It's just not going to happen. I think he would come out and do maybe a few songs, like, acoustically or something. I think they'd be fine with that. Or even with electric guitar, but they're just, it's not going to be the way it used to be. And I think he needs to accept that. And um, obviously, he's not doing himself any favors by reacting this way. But I, I agree with you. They should apologize. They were wrong. And then apparently, Rachel, his fiance, commented online on Facebook and said that Ace has paid $15,000 not to do a QA on the cruise, which is interesting. I guess because they were afraid that he might get into all of this stuff or maybe other stuff that could be negative because you never know what fans could ask. 
And I guess there was fear around that. So they said, here, we'll give you an extra 15K not to do it, um, which is really interesting. I don't see why she would make that up because um, it's such a I, I don't feel like it's so bizarre that a fan wouldn't even think to make that up. So I, it's, I have no reason to question the veracity of that statement. Um, except, I, except Ace did do a Q&A on the cruise. He was well, on, he, he was on stage with Bruce with his hand handle and I think it's Pat uh, or PJ I can't remember his name so I apologize um, and Bruce was up there uh, with Keith running the show so you know oh, that's weird then do you think she meant but uh, not like come a on Keith, 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 Keith was doing the questions Keith wasn't going to go anywhere near um, any of the topics that uh, uh, well, maybe that's how they would have would have been for, for, for forbidden so but he, he yeah. most certainly did a and a and he did speak to people I mean I bumped into him um, didn't talk to him but uh, he was talking to people when he was seen he just didn't get to talk with uh gene and paul and that's apparently his own fault so hmm. then yeah i'm not sure exactly what she's referencing unless she meant like his own q a and the fans could ask whatever they want but even then fans can't really ask whatever they want well, i did a q a on the cruise and you have to submit your questions in advance they pick you you come up you know like i mean yeah you could technically go off script but uh they might take the microphone away from you so uh you know they do vet these things so uh, who knows but uh it's a, ah, they didn't vet my question to paul uh but that, they did. <laughs> again different different sort of situation in the uh the paid guitar and mic and uh, guitar strap q a but i guess ah. they, they know who you are you're not some random person in the audience asking a question and, and number two i wasn't going to ask paul anything embarrassing anything but just not going to do it with my history forget it i was totally safe and same with michael james jackson uh you know none of that was vetted but i can understand the vetting things for our kiss q a and and that's completely reasonable i mean you there are certain things that number one are rude to ask mm -hmm. number two are rude to ask <laughs> and number three they don't want to talk about so you, you do people basically don't have filters they i'm probably a great example of that but um you know ace I, I, again, the the whole thing on the cruise is weird. That again, they're down in the uh, Kiss is down in the Stardust Theater playing "Shock Me," and Ace is up there performing "Shock Me." And you know, that's when I started to figure out that it, nothing was going to happen. That uh, you know, even with Ace having you know invested a couple of years of really good behavior and basically being used by them i'm sure he got paid i wouldn't be surprised if he got paid to do those vault experiences as well you know he didn't fly out to miami of his own volition to go to gino's house to play guitar over a guy uh, at a home experience no that's not how it works but and that's why we come back to i think that the lashing out is a result of a payday not materializing tommy thayer has got to be sitting somewhere probably in vancouver in a hotel with the biggest grin on his face. And you know what, Tommy? You deserve it. You deserve to have a grin on your face. That you're not getting discarded. You're not getting thrown away after what you've given this band. And those of us who do appreciate you over the past 15 years. You've stuck there. You've been solid. You've done a great honor to the tradition that Ace created. You've really done a fantastic job of emulating everything that Ace did and doing the very best job of it without the drama. And this is a great illustration. That drama still exists. And that's what's so disappointing. It's like grumpy old men, get off my lawn. Who, who yeah. would have thought that in 
the latter years of their musical careers that they'd be bitching like the eagles at one another. It's a shame, yeah, because I don't think that's how people want the end of the road to be, right? We want it to be a happy um, time to celebrate the history of the band and everything that they've accomplished, as well as all the great memories that we have of being fans. I mean, I really got into them 15 years ago after the Farewell Tour, and since then, you know, I've met all the current members and original members. I've interviewed a bunch of them. I bought one of Paul's guitars. I've been front row. I've been on three cruises. I mean, it's been a great 15 years. And I hope that this tour is a great way to celebrate that and put the exclamation point on a wonderful experience. Uh, but I hope, you know, there's going to be multiple legs to this tour. And I hope by the time we reach the end that it's not this kind of drama that we remember and that everyone does kind of come to terms and that we're in a happier place because it's better for them and it's better for the fans. I think just right now they, um, they're they just, it's just not pretty. Uh, but hopefully they'll resolve these, you know, uh, this feud privately. They don't need to do it publicly. And I think that's the thing in this world of social media where everyone can be like a keyboard warrior uh, there's that uh, inclination to just make it public when it's probably something that could have just been handled privately and should. Yeah, but this is not the kumbaya moment that the congregation is looking for. You know, when we when we go to a Kiss concert, and again, I'm going to be there tomorrow night, I'm going to be standing in the audience looking at hopefully the uh, the black curtain with the Kiss logo on it, wondering what's behind there, waiting for the moment where Paul Stanley, and Paul's still my guy to this day, he's the reason I got into KISS, his charisma, his personality, um, and, and just how he, he's always been. How does he lead them out onto the stage? How does it all start for the beginning of the end of the road? Going back to this whole Ace Rachel um, email, I think one of the biggest concerns is from a legal perspective in that message that she accused Gene of inappropriate behavior, which in this Me Too era is yeah. very serious. And it's not the first rodeo Gene's had with a brush with women uh, accusing him of inappropriate behavior. But now this is one that is very close to home, very specific. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is even more damaging to Gene personally than you know anything that's come before from anonymous people. Now this is a person who people know, but also a person who perhaps has an axe to grind. So again, bringing into question the veracity of the accusation. But whatever the case, I, do you think this ends up with lawyers now? Is that how it's all going to end? Just like Ace ended in 1984 with lawyers negotiating his exit. Yeah, it's, well, it's interesting because um, since I'm in communications, one thing I noticed was uh, the post says, my wife, and I'm like, well, she's not his wife, because Ace told me that he's his ex-wife, or, you know, technically he's still married to, I believe, Jeanette, and she's not well. And that's basically as long as she's alive, he's married to her. So unless she passes away, he's not marrying Rachel. So that's the situation. So I thought it was interesting that wife was used in this post. But uh, you're right. It is more of um, 
uh, you know, it's someone that people know. And what I also find interesting, and some people have said it, is, okay, if Ace found out several weeks later that this happened, why the heck did he do the cruise? You know, he was paid to do the cruise, so is money more important than his wife or, you know, his wife? Uh, it's just a very strange situation. So it calls into question a lot of that uh, and his choices following his knowledge of what allegedly happened. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. In this world where we move from one crisis to the next within the span of like a day, I'm not sure how much attention this will get. Of course, if it does go to court, it'll get more attention. Um, you know, similar to the whole like Kevin Spacey thing, right? Like or Bill Cosby. If it goes to court, people follow the drama and it keeps getting reported on. If it doesn't and it's resolved privately, uh, then it'll just die, you know, and disappear. So Gene would be smart just to nip this in the bud and just not, you know take care of it. He wants people talking about the tour. He wants people talking about um, you know buying tickets and. The, Again, happy stuff, not focusing on this because he just he dealt with this over the last year with a reporter. I think it was from Fox News or something. He did something inappropriate. Apparently he's still banned. <laughs> right. So and he had, to, sure he had to go on CNN for the uh, uh, yeah. for the for the feeding the TSA people, you know. Fox. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it was just a case of him, Gene being Gene and uh, offending someone. But uh, in this situation, yeah, it sounds really bad because they're supposed to be like, you know, musical brothers and people have known each other for decades. It's not just some stranger that he met and, you know, uh, there are boundaries there. And obviously uh, it sounds like according to Ace and Rachel that he crossed them. So we may not hear anything more than this um, if they resolve it privately or we may, if it winds up going to court, yeah, and, and there's always, you know, I, I don't want to even try and defend any accusation in the Me Too era. It, it, there's just too much unknown. Women have been treated horrendously by us for decades, and now the karma train has come back around, and everyone's getting what they deserve for that abhorrent behavior. We all have to adjust. I would just say if anyone did that to my wife, I wouldn't be then going on a going to Australia with them on tour. Um, you know, money would never get in the way of standing by my woman or my family or a loved one in, in any capacity. But, you know, you know, different strokes for different folks. I mean, again, it, it may have been looking towards a payday. It may also be a case of over-familiarity that Gene's been hanging around Rachel and Ace and just did something that uh, was lighthearted and was just one of those things. That's why, you know, I, I would always hope that if I ever do anything inappropriate, someone call, you call out the person right then and there. Hey, that's un, that's that's uncool. Don't do that. Uh, but a lot, a lot of people can't. So it, it, it's just too difficult to even analyze that other than hoping it's um, it's been um, you know blown up bigger, bigger than it was. And if it is the case, apologize, apologize, apologize. You may, you know, if it goes to court, Ace doesn't win either because he's not getting a big payday for the end of the road. He'll be spending out of his pocket on law, on legal. And yeah. uh, lawyers don't bill cheap, especially for celebrities. And especially when you want good ones because no one wants to lose. You're not going to go get a cheap one. If they're cheap, that says it all. Um, so it, that, that was the most worrying part of this, really, because that's almost a genie you can't put back in the bottle with a, you know, oh, I was I was hacked or I was, you know, 
I overreacted. You can't unsay those things. And it's already been picked up by Rolling Stone magazine. It's already out there in all the rock press, which means it's getting picked up. And, you know, like a virus, it's spreading exponentially. And this is a big story. TMZ, tabloid magazines, they live for this sort of drama. They just can't get enough of it. And fans, you know, come on, we're guilty of gossiping. We're doing, we're having a conversation about it right now. So, you know, we're feeding the frenzy and we're interested and we're concerned and other people want to sell something, which is, it, it, there's no nice way out of this. I, I just, you know, Rodney King, can't we all just get along? So, yeah, it's true. It's, it's a shame. So I, I don't think there's uh any any way to end it other than Rachel's last line in that the shit will hit the fan and there'll be no stopping it. It's on. Yeah, sadly it is. There is no way to stop it and it is on. And what does it mean for everyone? I think as fans, enjoy it. Enjoy your end of the road. If you're in Vancouver tomorrow, uh, be at, I'll be at the Sandman, some shark club or in the hotel across from the the venue, uh, hopefully to have a, a beer before the show, and then I'm doing the meet and greet, and then I'm doing what I really love. I'm seeing Kiss, and uh, I guess I'm going to be paying paying to watch paint dry, but uh, to go along with those air guitar strings. But uh, I'm going to give it an open mind. I look forward to reporting on it on Friday morning and uh, letting everyone know what I thought of it, what I think of the new meet and greet experience, what I think of the set, what I think of the stage. Um, See if Gene's new costume um, fixes some of those issues that were apparent on the cruise uh, mm. when he turned sideways. But um, that's what I'm more interested in. I am don't want to see these grumpy old men and their yokos fighting with one another. It's about the music. It always has been for me. You know, none of them are perfect. So, uh, what do you have coming up in your? in your professional life any cool interviews on the horizon can we expect more in the aquarium more online to enjoy yeah hopefully uh no interviews planned the most recent interview i did was actually with the former professional wrestler diamond dallas page uh who now uh, is the co-founder uh, and ceo of ddp yoga which i'm wearing the hat right here um, and it's awesome. I actually do it every day. And uh, uh, Dallas is a terrific person, and his company has grown like exponentially. It's now a multi-million-dollar company, and he's on Shark Tank, and it's just wild. But uh, other than him, uh, no one really scheduled right now. There's actually a new editor coming to the aquarium, so it'll be nice to connect with this person, and you know, hopefully there'll be some good stuff uh, down the road uh, to interview people. But um, uh, now that I'm grading papers and tests for students, uh, there'll probably be less of the the blogging, uh, just because I need to do those things uh, on top of my full-time job. But um, no, you know that that's about it. I'm just going to be going to some shows. Uh, you know, obviously Kiss is one of them. Uh, I am going to the Backstreet Boys with my wife in uh, the summer. Uh, so you know, you got to balance still, it still, out. Hey, still a great show. A show is a show. Go and see how yeah. the go and see how the other big boys do it because never be closed-minded, you know. Go see a Taylor Swift show. Actually, I say that to someone else because I'm not going. But you know, go see something different and just see how other bands do it. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean go to a rap show, but uh, you know, 
and, and congratulations, by the way, on your suggestion of Night Ranger. That was one I had not thought of at all. They would have been fantastic to have as an yeah, opening I, act in, in lieu of cheap really, Well, I didn't know anything about them other than Sister Christian. And then when I went on Kiss Cruise 3, a friend said, oh, we have to see Night Ranger. And I'm like, eh, okay. And then I, you know, I saw them and I was like, wow, these guys are amazing. And then I went and I saw them again. And that, now I've interviewed a bunch of them. I've seen them live multiple times. I try to see them every time they come around. And, um, you know, if Ace comes around the Philly area, I'll absolutely see him. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to pick sides here. I always I support both uh, Kiss and the solo members if I'm into their music and everything. And I have to ask you out of curiosity. Going into tomorrow's show, I mean, it's that's a really big deal. It's the first show of the final tour. Yeah. I mean, has that hit you yet, or will you will it hit you when you're looking at the the curtain and you hear that ominous synth sound and you know that they're about to come out? Probably on my be on my knees, weeping like a child who's had their toy taken away from them. Um, I'm sure it's going to hit me at some point. I was actually instant messaging someone last night, and we were talking about kind of the emotions that go with knowing that this is the final tour. And I had that little devil on my shoulder said, "Is it? Is it? You know, shut up, Mark. Um, it is. <laughs> I I don't see." It being anything than the end and standing there tomorrow night, I, I, I hope to be able to adequately express the emotions that I feel at the moment when I walk down into the um, into the arena and, and take my seat. I'm in the fourth row, which is good enough. Um, it may not be front row or pit as I would have liked, but it's close enough. And I, I don't know. I, I hope I have a sense of satisfaction. That this is my team coming out for one last hurrah, like a, a troop of performers at the end of a great performance coming out to take their bows. I hope that's what it feels like. I hope that's what it feels like at the end of the show. I hope there's not negative energy attached to it because um, it, it, it's one of those things in this life that I, I, I hope it's like a, a schwake, you know, that it's a celebration. Um, but we'll see. And you know, again, I won't know until Friday morning. The next episode of this show will be all about that. And uh, again, for anyone listening today, PM me questions um, in advance, and I'll try and uh, think about those things while I'm experiencing the show. But I'm, I'm just going to be standing there. I'm going to do very little video. I'm just going to take a couple of quick clips here and there. I'm not going to try and do anything extreme other than bask in the might that is Kiss live in concert opening night. So it, it, it could be a cluster, you know, hopefully they've worked out all their staging and all their show and they figured it out. But if not, that's why I wanted to be there. I want to see if there are any blips. I want to see if there are any areas that I would say uh, that doesn't work or, or whatever to be the, you know, the, uh, the pompous advisor whose advice is not sought. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. I'm sure it'll be a great show and it'll be a great experience. And that's cool that you're doing the meet and greet. I just, yeah, you know, because I've done so much with the band and over the years, I've just decided, you know, I didn't need to spend too much. Uh, but I don't judge those that do. You know, I, if people want to spend a certain amount on a ticket, whether it's 25 bucks or 2,500, go for it. To me, it's just whatever makes you happy. You know, you have to decide for yourself what kind of experience do you want. Uh, and what kind of experience can you afford? And uh, like you said, I'm sure you're going to have an amazing view where you're sitting. 
Uh, and it's cool that you're doing the meet and greet. Um, which side are you on? Are you in front of Gene, Paul in the center? I believe I'm closer. I'm in between Gene and Paul. So I'm, oh, nice. uh, I, I think so. I'll have to check that again. That's what I tried to get with the, the tickets. I've done Tommy's side before and been okay. between Tommy and Paul, but I'd rather be able to see Gene and his facial expressions uh, a bit closer. I haven't had a good seat at a Kiss concert since the Farewell Tour where I, when I did front row, and that was just an incredible experience that nothing else has ever come close. As to the meet and greet, um, I decided to do that, and I, I did one last year, and I said that's the last time I'm doing it because I wanted to experience the acoustic set then. This one, I want to experience the the new format, which is has things that I've criticized uh, removed, and now they're doing a much more streamlined. So in, in order to report on it accurately, I decided that I, I, I would just go and do it. Plus, I don't collect KISS stuff anymore. I collect photos of me with members of the band and uh, that sort of thing. So it's the only way to get a photo with them these days since they didn't do one on the cruise. So, you know, I want one with the new costumes. I've got great meet and greet photos from 2003, 2004. Um, a good one from, a fantastic one from 2017. So I wouldn't have otherwise done it because I don't care about meeting, I don't actually care about meeting them. It'd be nice to see Eric and uh, Tommy and Gene and Paul, you know, I've seen them enough times, but Gene and Paul will be in Paul mode at one of those things, so you're not really meeting Paul, you're meeting Star Child and Demon, but Eric is Eric and Tommy's Tommy, and just nice to, particularly to thank those two guys for what they've been a part of, more so than Gene and Paul, who, you know, we've written books about them. So I'll get my photo, that's good enough, um, and then obviously uh, legitimately be able to report on what I think of the new format, and hopefully it's positive. And because uh, uh, I, I don't want to come out of there with any negativity, to be honest, I, it, it shouldn't be that I want to come out of it saying David Garibaldi was fun. Uh, and most people won't see four or five shows on the tour. Most people just go to the one. So, I, again, you know, I'm doing four shows, three on this first run, and I'll see David Garibaldi at each one of them. I'm sure I'm not going to be as kind to him the second or third time as I am the first. So the first is the only show I'm going to review. So it'll be fun, you know, I'll just say, you know, check in, check out my review when we do it on Friday and uh, then disregard everything and go into your show with your open mind, with your expectations and hope that it meets yours. Don't, you know, take my word as being accurate because, again, it's an opinion. It's very subjective. And uh, if there's stuff I say that you don't like, hope that I'm wrong. Hope that I'm an idiot. And you can go into your show and say, yeah, you're moron, completely wrong. That's the way. We, that's the way we like it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. Well, Michael, thank you very much for joining me this early, this short notice, just to talk about these uh, latest topics. Uh, to everyone who's listened into this, you know, chime in. There's a million threads going everywhere about what's going on, but uh, do uh, comment on what you think about our opinions are, and uh, correct us if you disagree with us, and uh, you know, just get in on the conversation. Otherwise, slam on your favorite Kiss CD, press play, and just remember. They were a great band. Enjoy the positive parts, not all this drama, which is unnecessary. So for now, for Michael and myself, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.